After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones and the bad ones. And the ones where people say weird shit like this. Can it get any more American? Mmm. Flame-grilled freedom. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. And uh, yeah, it's the 4th of July. Here it is, about 6 o'clock West Coast time on the 4th of July. Uh, Independence Day. For those of you who are uh, listening from abroad, this is a day that we celebrate the birth of our nation and everything that this great country stands for. But you know what? This country, Veeves, has kind of fallen on some hard times, depending on where you lie in the political spectrum. So we thought today maybe we could debate whether or not the American dream is still alive and well. Yes, the great democratic tradition of of public debate. Exactly. And we're going to follow pretty traditional debate rules, which is to say... (laughs) We don't know them. We flipped a coin. I have a side. You have a side. And like any traditional debate, we will be making our argument using television commercials as our illustrations. That's right. That's how it happens in high school usually, yes. right? That's pretty much uh, how it I and in college. Right. You um, have to find I was for about, television commercials to make your point that's for That's right. You. For about 5 seconds I was on my college debate team. Um and I did do, go to a couple of practices, but then I like overslept basically and just totally ditched out on the first actual debate that I was supposed to be part of and that was the end of my illustrious debate career well even in practice do you remember like in a practice session or something do you remember like an argument that you had to make it was always like it it was kind of the it was arbitrary things like you know um it it wasn't it wasn't so substanceless some substanceless as to be like vanilla or chocolate ice cream but it was still kind of silly things right usually right well there's nothing silly about this this is about our country and whether or not the american dream is alive and well or whether this country is uh in decline and we flipped a coin and i will be representing the side that says this country is in decline you will be arguing the side that the american dream is alive and well that's right is that how you would state it that the american dream is alive and well yes the i would say the the affirmative statement here is the american dream is alive and well and uh, you will be taking the uh, opposing case. The, the, the counterpoint to that. Okay, and then of course we'll check in with you guys with the Ad Council, see what you guys have been emailing us, vmailing us, and posting on the Facebook page. But uh, let's start by uh, getting into this debate here. This country's yours and mine. It's the home of the brave and free. It's the place for you and me. Oh, na, 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 na. Happened to my uncle. 
tried to wave a flag on Christmas Day. That's right. Ended up in uh, the Gray Bar Hotel. He did. Yeah. So um, if he you, did drop it in moving traffic, <laughs> if you are um, representing the kind of positive statement, is that how you put the it? Affirmative the statement. affirmative statement, then you should probably go first, right? Yes, I, I'm happy to go. First. OK, well, then I hand it over to you. So my first point is that uh, commercials are celebrating the American dream in the form of celebrating entrepreneurship. And to make this point, uh, I'm gonna, I want to first talk about an, an ad that we've actually talked about before on this show. Um, it's an ad for Secret Deodorant, um, and it's around a it's part of a campaign that they were doing for like sort of secret moments moments when you would definitely want your deodorant to work for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this for our theme today because it's really focused on this idea of like startup culture, entrepreneurship, but in but there are two women. Um, and what you'll what you'll hear is them practicing their pitch for their for their startup, and they're standing together in an elevator, getting ready to go into you know some sort of venture capital meeting, presumably. Okay, you want me to hit play on this? Yeah. Solid, strong. Ooh, out too much. Yep, sorry. Site visits, one point two million. Conversion, six point four percent. I doubt you girls could pull that off. Got the data right here, sir. Who came up with this business plan? We did. Who coded this? We did. And then uh, secret stress tested for women. There's a little uh, a little tag that says uh, Ash and Emma's uh, pitch. Adds two more girls to the boys' club. That's a pretty charming commercial. It's pretty I'll charming. Admit it. And it, but don't you think it celebrates something um, not uniquely American, but uh, archetypally American? Sure, the idea of an entrepreneurial spirit, and this works well in this day and age. Again, I'm, I'm coming from the perspective here um, that you know, in this kind of post—I mean, I don't know if you would say post-Trump era. I guess we're just in the Trump era, waiting. Yeah, I think we're waiting. Waiting for. It. <laughs> Wait, you can't. You can't say that. There's no sass from you. You love America today. You can't think of a better country or a better leader for this country. I didn't know today. that was. I didn't know that was part of the deal. But uh, in, in this day and age, where we are a little bit descent is patriotic, Andrew. I read that in a tweet <laughs> about inclusion and stuff like that. It is uh, cool to see, you know, kind of uh, them talk about entrepreneurship, but also not just the, the typical white male American. Yeah, there's one. The one of the girls is uh, appears to be Asian, and the other one is white. Both of them are women. I mean. You know, you have to enjoy this commercial in a vacuum because if you like open up the New York Times, I believe yesterday's front page was something about how like uh, the tiny percentage of venture ca- like it, it's one it's one to fifty four venture capital to w- women to men dollars that go to, from women to women venture or women entrepreneurs to male entrepreneurs. And you think that that was part of the American dream? <laughs> You're you're supposed to be arguing. That I know, but I can't. I can't. I can't divorce myself from knowing the facts. You have another commercial here, kind of under the same kind of banner. It looks like kind of making this, kind of bolstering the argument. Yeah, this is actually an ad I've noticed a lot before, and I will probably have to. I'll probably have to kind of explain in advance what you're seeing because the the narration doesn't really uh, speak directly to the visuals. Um, but it's for a company called Vistaprint. And they print business cards. But the way they tell this story, it's a woman, she's an architect, and she's sort of sort of at her wit's end. She's trying to name her architecture firm, but doesn't have any good ideas. And then a glass of water spills on a blueprint, and it becomes sort of transparent. And she sees through the blueprint the word atrium, 
from a blueprint that's underneath oh. the one she's looking at and it looks really cool like oh atrium architecture that would be a cool I- idea for a name so through this moment of kind of inspiration uh she goes through the process of naming her film her firm and um getting her business cards made up to, oh, to represent cool. it here i'm gonna hit play him you have a vision it drives you it inspires you it's behind everything you do even when you least expect it. Oh, the water spills. You know what you want, and we can help make it real. You want choices? We've got lots. I was going to say, I've never seen that before, but there's a chance that I have seen it. It just kind of blended it in the background, but I'm glad you pointed it out because it is a good commercial. Just visually speaking, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's visually exciting. Um, I, I almost, uh, there towards the end, it gets into like a lot of the specifics about you can have whatever paper and embossing you want. And I it really takes you a little bit into the business card scene from American Psycho. Oh right! But <laughs> do you want to do you want to hear any of that? <laughs> no, I played. Oh, okay. I listened to it before the show today, wondering if there was a good drop we could include. But it goes on for such a long time because the pacing of that movie is so weird that there's not really like a good little yeah. ten second clip of it. Um, oh, you were looking for drops from the movie American Psycho, right? Oh, I, I meant. Did you want to hear more of this commercial? No, no. I, they I just talk about down. like the nitty gritty. Gotcha. Of, you can get this thickness of paper or whatever okay so you're making the argument that not only is the entrepreneurial spirit alive and well but it's also inclusive like it hasn't been before and that yeah it's well for the future right that that these companies that want to sell us stuff are thinking about it in terms of not just white men who might need business cards for their new businesses or not just um women who are going for a jog or whatever who need deodorant but they are thinking about women in these roles in terms that to me feel like an inclusive part of that American dream of like pioneering spirit. I like it. I feel a little bit more proud to be an American right See? now than I did. Thanks secret. Five Thanks Mr. Ago. Print. However, rebuttal. I have to point out that the country has changed a lot from the, the glory days that I think of that. I think the greatest generation really kind of heralded in, right? Um, which is not just industriousness, but, Working for what you need and also not not wasting it. You know, when I think of America, I think of the the, the heartland, right? Mm-hmm. You're out there. Maybe you maybe you somehow just or were as able I to, call it flyover country. <laughs> you were able to cut out just, you know, a, a, a little piece of land where you put your the hard work, the, the homestead, and you planted your vegetables, and those vegetables ended up in your pot at the end of the day, and uh, and you just made it work. And I mm-hmm. feel like here in 2017, we've kind of lost sight of what it what it takes to um, to just be a good neighbor, a good American. Now we're so obsessed with not just having enough, but having, I would say, too much good stuff. <laughs> me, Tungus. Me, too much good stuff. Tungus and Alan friends. AMP. Now, we've talked about Tungus a this lot is, on this show. This is brutal that you think this is a repudiation of the American dream. This is a snack-based organism hugging an African-American man <laughs> in a snack store. I will never not laugh at snack-based organism. Um... <laughs> But I think that it's in the spirit of friendship. My God, I think it speaks to our culture in this day and age that we having enough is not enough. We have to have too much. We have to be wasteful. And I, I like Tumgus. 
yeah. as a snack-based organism. I do. And he, I consider him a friend of the show. We've talked about him a lot on this show. But... <laughs> Uh, and I know I wouldn't want this to get back to him, but I mean, look at him. He's got red vines for hair. He's got che- he's he's got Cheetos for a beard. He's he just as God made him. He represents excess. Okay, he represents excess and waste. I think, and this in the same country where other people are worried that they're not going to have enough. In a crisis, your number one need <laughs> is food. But not just any food. Experts say everyone needs to have non-perishable, good for 25 years survival food on hand in case of an emergency. Well, right now, in what is truly an unprecedented move, 72-hour survival food kits are being given away to viewers while supplies last. Survival food is more important than ever before. Why? Natural disasters, terrorist attacks, and other threats can make getting food impossible. <laughs> I want to describe other threats as just this, um, the visual is this kind of smoky background with like people wearing full-on hazmat, hazmat bodysuits right. in a very kind of FEMA-ish vibe to it. In an emergency. This 72-hour food kit has 16 servings of delicious food ready for 25 years of storage. By the way, the company name, although they don't say it out loud, is Food for Patriots, for being the number four, uh, just in case you want to look it up. But do you understand why seeing these two two commercials back-to-back make me worry about where American values are today? And on one hand, we just have this excess, wasteful culture where we can just, like, replace our hands with cinnamon rolls and we mm-hmm. just think that that's okay we can replace our hair with candy yeah, i agree the prosthetics yet- the prosthetics field has not, has done done it without asking if they done what they could without asking if they should yet meanwhile we're also so worried about the future of this country that other people are saying no no we need to we need to be stockpiling food for patriots because we're true patriots and i just i don't know i just feel like uh there there's a, a clash there that doesn't make me feel good about being an american today all right so what what is your next point? Uh, well, my next point is about the idea of owning one's own home, which oh, I think is a big a part of the American dream. Big part of the American dream. And there's actually quite quite a bit of good um, real estate kinds like product commercials out there. I think Zillow has done a really nice job. We've used we've talked about Zillow commercials in the past. That like we talked about the one, I think it was Zillow that uh, has the the deployed soldier skyping with his wife while she's looking for a home to buy yeah. and then he surprises them by being there when they when That's they when they take possession. This is this one was so on the nose for this show that I couldn't not not play it. This is for a service called realtor.com which is I think kind of similar. It's like like Zillow where you can look at a map and identify houses that are for sale and do a lot of that stuff online. Or Redfin. Or Redfin, yeah, any of these. Um, so this is this is realtor.com. And uh, I, I really like this one because it is really, it's called Slice of the American Dream. And it is. So you have the, you did have the easier role. I, you just typed American Dream into uh, iSpot yeah, and exactly. just grabbed all the commercials you could. <laughs> um, but you'll see why I like this one. It's not just, hey, owning your own home is the American Dream. It's actually much more inclusive than that. Um, so why don't you play it? And I'll maybe talk to a few of the visuals uh, after it plays. Give us your tired, your stressed, your huddled masses, yearning for a playroom. Maybe in the basement? Or a sink that's his and hers. And hers. And his. Then hold on tight, because this rocket's headed straight to the top of the cul-de-sac. It's not a real rocket. And we're not stopping until you've got your own little slice of the American dream. Because you can have your cake and live in it, too. So... 
there are a few things there that I think are kind of worth mentioning. The his and hers and hers and his sinks, I think, is a bold move. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that what it was? Well, she was walking. See, I was going to make that as another argument for excess. She's walking in a master bedroom and showing that there are four sinks in the master bath. You don't need four sinks. If you you do, if you're in a polyamorous situation, is that is that what that's about? That was my read on it. I mean, I honestly can't think what other. I mean, I guess if it's just like you have four sinks, but I that was my read. That doesn't sound like traditional American values to me. Well, it's inclusive. Um, and then at the end, when she says you can have your cake and live in it too, she was eating a slice of cake from a house-shaped cake. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of funny visuals in there too. At one point, she's pretending she's she's uh, in a gazebo, right, mm-hmm. and uh, pretending it's a rocket ship. I've yeah. never seen that before. No, I hadn't either. I've seen other Realtor.com ads, but um, I like this one, and I thought it was a suitably modern take on the American dream of home ownership. All right. There's actually I'll another one it. here that's also Realtor.com that. Um, is simply called American Dream. <laughs> so they're both Realtor.com. One is called American Dream. The other is called but, Slice of the American Dream. But they've Dream. clearly identified that this is the the mm-hmm. their marketing strategy, and it ties in directly to what I was saying, that um, owning your own home is a big part of the American Dream that I don't think has died yet, although in Seattle, obviously, it has. The American Dream. It's more than tank tops, fireworks, and high cholesterol. It's all that stuff in a house. That <laughs> That's because home ownership... Well, that's as American as ditching the metric system. You think we put men on the moon so future generations could say, buying a house seems hard? We don't think so. So we won't rest until we fulfill your domestic destiny. I mean, we'll sleep. But not that soundly. (laughs) Wow, that is an interesting commercial because that one is both putting aside all of my fake arguments about what this means about America. Um, that is both kind of poking fun at the American dream while also trying to sell the American dream at the same time. Like, let's talk about this real estate thing in, in earnest for a second, which I guess you have been. I, I've just been acting like an idiot. But um, I was somebody who grew up never wanting to own a house, even when I met you. We did end up buying one, like, in our mid to late 20s, I think. Um, but uh, it was growing up, it was never a dream for me. And it turns out that, like, the generation that came behind me definitely is eschewing that, you know, that you hear about millennials and how they're much more mobile than their parents' generation. And they're not locking themselves down into homes. And also that had a lot to do with the economy when they came up into it and uh, the housing market. I mean, there's a bunch of things that play into it. But I also think part of it is a a kind of a sense of freedom. Uh, Whereas in the old days, you really did kind of, the idea was you settled down, you get a job, you stay at the job for 30 years, you cash out your pension, you own your house at the end of it, and hopefully you pass it along to your kids. And the the reality of it today, for better or, or for worse, is people are a lot more mobile, they're taking different jobs, and the younger generation doesn't have that home ownership thing, or even car ownership, uh, the way our generation and certainly our parents and grandparents did. So coming back to this commercial, I'm actually pretty charmed by it, because like I say, it's kind of making fun of the American dream. It even says like, it's not just about like hot dogs and high cholesterol. It's all of that plus home ownership. It's kind of, it's kind of sticking its uh, its finger in the eye of all of that while also trying to sell it. Yeah, I don't think it's in any way trying to undermine the idea that home ownership is a good idea. Yeah, of course. Just just that it's doing it in a in a tone that's not so reverent. Right. I mean, it's very much it's very different from the way Zillow approaches it, which is all of Zillow. Zillows are like the the Subaru uh, approach to real estate marketing, right? It's mm-hmm. like the home is, you know, like where you're 
deployed soldier husband comes home. There's another one that I, I considered using for this one, but it was, it, it kind of muddied the waters too much um, about a little boy and his single dad. And they're trying to find a home near grandma and grandpa because the mom has died. And so the father's dealing with the little boy's grief over his dead mom while also buying a new house. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's very moving, but also like real heavy. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to uh, I, I want to jump on here and talk about to me what used to make America great is this idea of togetherness that we're all in it together. Um, and you see that during, uh, you know, especially during times of strife, I think, for the country. And here we are in 2017. And I feel like the focus has really shifted from the community and the neighborhood onto the individual. You can make your own real music videos with the all new Selfie Mic. Selfie Mic lets you rock out and sing along to thousands of your favorite tracks. Party Rock is in the house tonight. We just want to see you. Shake that. Okay, I'm going to pause it there for a second. Yeah, tell, tell you, the people what they're, tell you, what they're seeing. Tell you guys what's uh, what's going on shake here. That. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to play that. Shake that again, but I'll take it. Um, so this is for a product called the Selfie Mic, mm-hmm. and it's basically a selfie stick that you can put your cell phone into the end of and take selfies of you and your friends. Uh, but this on the on the handle where you're holding the selfie stick is a golden microphone, right? Not unlike probably many of our presidents' microphone. Like, golden microphone and then you can kind of turn your phone into a sort of uh uh, karaoke situation all the, your phone's up there at the end of the stick it's taking videos of you and your friends singing and dancing while it's playing karaoke versions of songs and you guys are all singing along to it while taking photos not of each other but yourselves right we just want to see you Shake that. Just plug it into your smartphone. Add effects like autotune and cool filters. Then share it with your BFFs. The Star Maker app features songs made famous by Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Drake, and more. Sing, record, and share with Selfie Mic. Selfie Mic includes everything you see here. Out now from Moose. Ready for everyone. And of course, that's aimed at, um, I would say, young teenagers. Almost all girls in that, uh, yeah, with the one, exception there was one of token one boy. boy. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, when I was coming up, you know, those kids would be in the library, probably studying, probably uh-huh. learning physics, or not well, physics, I but know civics, physics and civics. I actually. have to say, this does signal the decline of civilization. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> a little bit, right? But you are also coming off of a a big selfie kick, selfie anger kick from our ball game experience yesterday. Oh, you were so I mad about that guy about taking that. selfies and elbowing you while he was trying to get his perfect selfie. Selfie. In all earnestness. I will say that I never, I honestly never thought I'd be a guy to kind of complain about selfie culture. Mm-hmm. When I hear people say that, I think they sound a bit like old fuddy-duddies and yeah. also a bit like people um, who are just taking the lowest hanging fruit to talk about the decline right, of civilization. Right, it's get off my lawn. Right. And, and also, to, to me, actually, what really gets me about it is like, the people who are going to really complain about selfie sticks are also the people who are going to say, look at the Kardashians. The Kardashians represent the, the decline of our society. And I don't think the Kardashians either caused or actually... Uh, represent the decline of our society. I think it's a silly TV show. I think there have been silly TV shows as long as TV's been around, and there were silly forms of entertainment before that. And I feel like making fun of people for selfie sticks or taking selfies is just, I don't want to be that guy. Having said that, I am starting to get I've just been thinking about it more, and it really does, I don't think it's honestly the downfall of society. 
But I do start to think it's shitty. Like, I just think that back in the day, like, my fam... I, I, you know, I'll argue all sides of this. My family has, you know, tons and tons and tons of photographs of us when we were growing up. And it was because my dad uh, had a camera. He was an avid photographer. And so uh, when I go home, sometimes we'll look through it. Remember last time we were in Ohio looking through all those slides. Now, most of those were photos of a couple of kids taken by their father. In a few of them, you have the whole family, maybe at like Disney. I don't think I ever went to Disneyland, like Disney World or something. Uh, but in those cases, you handed your camera to a stranger and you said, can you take this photo of us? I will also say we have tons and tons and tons of photos without anybody in it because my dad was just snapping away. And I guess that's one way, like, we have tons of photos of maybe, let's say, some mountain that we could see from somewhere we were vacationing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet today you wouldn't have that. You would have people posing themselves in front of the mountain so they can take the picture of the mountain with themselves in it and my knee jerk more and more is just kind of like just take a picture of the goddamn mountain it's better than you it's more important than you but then 10 years 20 30 better than you 30 years down 30 years down the line it's like why do we have 500 photos of a mountain without any of us in it so i'll argue all sides of that i guess photographs are tend to be more interesting particularly snapshots unless you're ansel adams they tend to be more interesting if there are people in them now that doesn't really get at the whole selfie culture, yay or nay debate. It's, I'm sort of uh, on the side of resistance is futile because yeah. it's, it is what it is. I will say I am too old and too set in my ways and too grumpy to ever like selfie sticks. Oh, selfie sticks. I was going to say, the only quote-unquote selfies I've ever been a part of have been snapped by your hand. Yeah, I'm not I'm not against selfies. I'll do them occasionally. Um, not. I'm not relentless about it. I'm too old and I'm too fat, for one thing. No, um, but, yeah, like, I'm not a member of the selfie generation, for sure. And I, when I see selfie sticks, and I don't care how practical they are or how small they fold up, I think they look dumb as shit. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. Yeah, I guess I don't want to make it my cause. I don't want to be the guy who's always complaining about selfie culture. Oh, Christ, no. Um, and, you know, you know, society changes, people change, trends change. Like, I don't yeah. think it's that big of a deal. But yeah, like yesterday when, like, we were up at our seats watching a, a, a Mariners baseball game, um, and the seats next to us were empty for almost the whole game, and then suddenly, like in the sixth inning or something like these drunk young people, young people, the only thing worse than young people is drunk young people kind of come up, sit next to us and are just so oblivious to the fact that we're there. And this is where I just, sound, I mean, I sound like a parody of myself. I'm just an old man complaining, but like to me, like that whole thing goes into the, uh, the thing that really drives me crazy, generally speaking, is obliviousness. If you just drive your stupid SUV into the 7-Eleven parking lot, and you just take up two spaces, and you're not even doing it to be a dick. You're just not paying attention. Yeah. Like, that just grinds my gears. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't think, like, oh, I'm going to really piss people off, but I'm doing it because I'm selfish. You, it just never occurred to you. I'd almost rather it, somebody just yeah. be like, "Yeah, I'm a dick." You want right? Call I don't me want. Out I don't that? want anyone to scratch my car, so I'm taking up two spaces. Yeah, and but, just like not noticing the yeah. world around you, and uh, walking across campus yesterday uh, with UVs on the way to the train, like you know, some girl just like 
wearing her like f- fluffy boots. I don't even, you probably didn't even notice you work on a campus all the time. Like she would not pick her face up from her phone. And she like literally just kind of, I don't even think she ran, almost ran into us because she must have heard us talking. She just did not. She was just so oblivious. And like that kind of drives me crazy. So when these yeah. guys come up and they're guys and gals, see, I'm saying gals now. I'm aging as I say the sentence, you know, kind of come up and they're just like, blah, 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 just kind of getting in our space. And then like literally like pushing my, I'm sitting there. This guy's like pushing my hand out of the way, never saying excuse me, just so we can get a better selfie of him and his yeah. dumb friends. Uh, I got. I think I should stop talking now. What do you What do you got up next? All right. Well, this final one is uh, again right on the money, and I, I went very literal with my with my assignment today. Oh my god! Um, but this is an ad that I like a lot. It's for Ancestry.com, and I think it's kind of been getting a little buzz. In fact, somebody may have posted it to our page, and if you did, and I'm not crediting you, my apologies. Um, but this is. Uh, do you know that famous painting? And I should have bothered to look up who it was, but the famous painting of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Um, this is set in that. Wait, I'm picturing the Last Supper. <laughs> no, wait. Okay, now I got it. Okay. Sorry. Um, this is set in that room, and the it's set it's set to look like that scene. But and you'll hear a bunch of different people um, reciting the Declaration of Independence or the preamble or the whole thing. No, just the preamble. Okay. Um, and so what you're hearing are all these people of different ages, different ethnicities, all all over the map in terms of like looks and, and, and who they are. But what's interesting about them is that they're all descended from signers of the Declaration of Independence, who, of course, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we've become a, such a melting pot that people who are black, white, brown uh, are are all descended from from people who signed the Declaration of Independence. And all have, in a certain way, a claim on the founding of this country. Absolutely. And so at the final, in the, in the, in the final words of the commercial, they're all assembled in the room, kind of looking like that scene from the famous painting. Um, but it's an ad for Ancestry.com, because obviously that would be an interesting thing to know if you were a descendant of one of our, one of our signers. Um, so why don't you give it a play here? We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by the Creator. With certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, for the support of this declaration, mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and and our our sacred honor honor. so it says at the end everyone we've assembled here is a descendant from a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Unlock your past, inspire your future. It's pretty moving, right? Pretty moving ad. Pretty it's moving very ad. moving. And I, I, I sometimes think some of these Ancestry and 23andMe um, services are a little problematic, maybe the right word. For one thing, um, in just a very casual reading I've done about it, like it if you are, uh, it, it's a little bit harder if you're a member of an ethnic minority to get very much information about it because their database is what their database is and they have better records and databases for, for white Ameri- white mm-hmm. people, basically, and particularly for a lot of African-Americans whose family records are, you know, were just obliterated because of the slave trade. 
it's like, oh yes, uh, like you basically get as as close as like you have some your ancestries were somewhere in Africa, which is like, and then like someone like me would get to be like, it was this tiny town in Germany, you know? Yeah, that's why I don't. D- Aren't you partially cynical of this commercial, though, too? Because of course, it's, well, it's almost like the it's almost like the um, pregnancy ad commercials we were talking pregnancy test commercials we were talking about, where you know traditionally it's kind of like yeah, you're going to find out the truth through science, and it's always going to be what you're hoping for. And if you're going to be signing up for an ancestry thing, you're going to hope that I hope that I'm part of the founding fathers, or legacy. like something, something, some kind of like grandiose. Uh, right, you know history in your family. Not that oh, grandpa was a shit heel. Right. So, but but I can understand the so the the services themselves I think bear some scrut bear having some scrutiny applied to them. Um, but as far as commercials go, this was great and it was done in a really inclusive, beautiful way that reminded us what a melting pot we are, and also I think in a very timely way what the precepts of the Declaration of Independence are, which is really a beautiful document. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess for my closing argument, I believe it or not, even though we're arguing about the American dream in 2017, I found a commercial from 1995 that I actually think speaks really well to the day and age uh, that we're living in uh, all these years later. And I'll, I'll just play it for you and we can discuss afterwards. You really think this is the right thing for us to be doing, Ivana? What do people think? Let him talk. It's wrong, isn't it? But it feels so right. Then it's a deal? Yes, we eat our pizza the wrong way. Crust first. Introducing stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut. With a ring of cheese baked into a totally new, thinner crust, you'll want to eat it the wrong way. Crust first. May I have the last slice? Actually, you're only entitled to half. Large is $9.99. So I don't know uh, if you recognize that voice or not, but that is actually the voice of a man who will uh, someday become president of the United States of America uh, in a commercial in 1995 that acknowledges what a ridiculous and opulent human being he is. Like the the joke at the end, talking to his real life wife at that point and saying she's only entitled to half is like the most crass thing I could possibly imagine. It was galling when he was just a quote unquote real estate mogul. Yeah. And America voted for that man. Uh, what? Uh, how many years later? 20 years later? Yeah. To be president of the United States. Now it's astounding. I know we, we don't talk a tremendous amount about Trump on this show, although we, you know, we'll, it's no secret how we feel and I don't I don't pretend or care to make this some sort of objective uh, medium but it's astounding how much crazy footage there is of our sitting US president I mean it's it's just like there's no we have no precedent for this and I we just don't have any way of dealing with it mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean it's it's there it's everywhere how about how about this one when it comes to great stakes, I've just raised the stakes. The Sharper Image is one of my favorite stores with fantastic products. Of you do get it, though. He was so charismatic. Yeah, right. You know, he just he just seems like somebody you really want to yeah. hang out with, with his delivery and All everything. All kinds. That's why I'm thrilled they agree with me. Trump stakes are the world's greatest stakes, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And the Sharper Image is the only store where you can buy them. Trump steaks are by far the best tasting, most flavorful beef you've ever had. <laughs> Truly in a league of their own. 
That's Trump a good shit like this. Five star yeah. gourmet. The reason I didn't play this one, I played the Pizza Hut one instead, was this. I don't know ever ran on TV. I think it ran on um, video displays in the sharper image. Yeah. Um, I also found. Um, a mattress commercial that he did that he apparently had a line of Serta mattresses. Oh, he, he sticks his name. He, yeah. he put his name on anything. No, I was just surprised that Serta would have him stick his name. He on wasn't something. so he wasn't as polarizing. I mean, there were years I watched the first season of The Apprentice voluntarily. I mean, I didn't do it because I was a massive Trump fan, but I was I wasn't horrified by him. I mean, I he was a laughing. He was a laughable buffoon, pretend billionaire. And it was kind of a funny concept. And you had no, you got to remember, like, no one had any sense that he was going to be the downfall of American civilization. Right, right. He was just a buffoon. He was just a clown. Like, Well, listen, I don't want to uh, end the show with that uh, cheap shot. Um, so let me actually, can I swing over to your side for a second? Do you mind? Right, is, yeah. this, is this debate rules? Yeah, that's, the, yes, we're, we're we got to stick to the debate rules. No, what, what's your, uh, I, I, what's I, your pivot here? I came across this one. Now, this is a long PSA from the ad council. I'm not going to say the real ad council because I think that our ad council is just as real, but from the original ad council and it's got your boy in it, John Cena. And it's called, <laughs> is he really my boy? I thought so. I thought you really found him charming. No. Hey, I mean, you find he's his fine. muscles charming. Yeah, he's fine. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I think that this is a, a, a nice PSA that actually did after watching all that Trump stuff and I, I'm not going to play it, but I watched, uh, rewatch the, uh, just awful NRA commercial that is actually airing on stations. I double checked it. That is basically a call to arms against the media and the elite. Mm -hmm. Like uh, that came out this week. I mean, all kidding aside, I am really, really, uh, I'm not, I am literally not proud to be an American on this 4th of July. And I'm sorry to be so blunt about it, but I'm not. Um, But this made me feel a little bit better. John Cena, and he's uh, just walking down the street. I'm pretty sure this, if it's not one whole shot, the entire commercial, it kind of has that vibe to it. Patriotism. There's a word thrown around a lot. It inspires passionate debate. It's worn like a badge of honor, and with good reason, because it means love and devotion for one's country. Love. For a word designed to unite, it can also be pretty divisive. You see, there's more to patriotism than flag sequence with onesies and rodeos and quadruple cheeseburgers. Patriotism is love for a country, not just pride in it. But what really makes up this country of ours? What is it we love? It's more than just a huge rock full of animals like cougars and eagles, right? <laughs> it's the people. Do me a favor. Close your eyes for a second. I want to try something out. Picture the average U.S. citizen. Think about it. How old are they? What's their hair like? How much can they bench? You got one? Okay. So chances are, the person you're picturing right now looks a little different than the real average American. There are 319 million U.S. citizens. 51% are female. So first off, the average American is a woman. Cool, huh? Is that what you pictured? 54 million are Latino. 40 million senior citizens. 27 million are disabled, 18 million are Asian. That's more people in the U.S. than play football and baseball combined. Nine million are lesbian, gay, bi, transgender. More than the entire amount of people that live in the state of Virginia. Around 10 million are redhead, 5.1 million play ultimate frisbee, and three and a half million are Muslim. Trip, 
the number of people currently serving in the United States military. Almost half the country belongs to minority groups. People who are lesbian, African-American, and bi, and transgender, and Native American, and proud of it. We know that labels don't devalue us, they help define us. Keeping us dialed into our cultures and our beliefs and who we are as Americans. After all, what's more American than freedom to celebrate the things that make us, us? I mean, it's stitched into the stars and stripes of this country. From the Constitution to Gettysburg, to our motto, E Pluribus Unum, from many, one. It's even in our country's name, the United States. This year, patriotism shouldn't just be about pride of country. It should be about love, love beyond age, disability, sexuality, race, religion, and any other labels. Because the second any of us judge people based on those labels, we're not really being patriotic, are we? So let's try this one more time. Close your eyes. Picture the average Joe or Joan or Juan or Jean-Luc. The real people will make America, America. And this year, whenever you feel the urge to don those star-spangled shorts, set off fireworks the size of my biceps to show love for our country, <laughs> remember that to love America is to love all Americans. Because love has no labels. Well, proud to be an American. I am. I mean, I love that. And, and, and great for John Cena. I mean, he's, he definitely is progressive and he's, you know, a friend of Amy Schumer and all that. Like, I'm, of course, that's great. But it's also cool because, yes, he is progressive and this, you know, we know this about him, but he's also a man who, you know, I mean, he became famous for the WWE. He's still in the WWE, right? Or oh, does he I guess do, so. He, he can actually, I think, reach people who would not necessarily be listening to our liberal claptrap. You know what I mean? Like, I sort of feel like it's it's good to have somebody like that who can, I, I don't know, deliver that message, I think. I also just find him super charming as yeah, well. Yeah, he's great. I mean, I, I and it is great. I mean, it, it, it's more effective to have him deliver that message than, you know, Ira Glass or something. Right, right, right. So um, I, I like that. That kind of got to me. And I also like that. I thought it was kind of funny at times. I, I'm glad that they threw in. I, what was that one line? Um, I didn't even quite understand it, but I thought it was hilarious about it's more than a... It's more than a rock with a... What really makes up this country of ours? It's more than just a huge rock full of animals like cougars and eagles, right? <laughs> I don't even know exactly what that means, but I, well, why, why cougar? I mean, it's like, you know, a, a tough animal, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, anyway, um, uh, God bless America. So that's all I had. I wanted to kind of power out with that, even though I uh, was swinging over to your side. I didn't want didn't to end on a negative note. Well, on that note, let's go to the Ad Council. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, what you got? Well, I wanted to start by uh, acknowledging a correction that a couple of listeners had uh, made to us on a number of platforms, including Twitter and Facebook and, and um, our Gmail account. We were talking, we were doing the ad doctoring last week, and we were trying to figure out what the lyrics are um, oh, do you yeah. want to give it a little play oh yeah good this is the first, this is a new stage <laughs> of our relationship and you're actually asking me to play this song doctor doctor what should I do tell me doctor doctor what should I do what should I do what 
what should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. That's the part in question, right? Right. My my doll, and you said is. uh, I thought it was like a name, like my doll, comma, easel, comma, she has high fever. Can I play it one more time? My doll is ill. She has high fever. But as a number of astute listeners pointed out, it's my doll is ill. She has high fever. In our defense, not one syllable is correctly emphasized <laughs> in that song. So the line is, my dolly is no, ill. No, my doll is ill. My doll is ill. She has high, high fever. fever. What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. My doll is, is ill. Ill. She, she has high fever. fever. All right. Yes. Yeah, so thank you to all the listeners who correctly identified that. I just couldn't hear it anymore. And also, I'm going to forget this. Yeah. Luke and I do something very similar with the Seahawks song we pl- play. We've been playing it for four years, and every year we forget. We always try to correct the song, and then everybody emails us and says, you're not hearing it right. Um, this is kind of on the same, uh, kind of related to that. Uh, this is from listener Mia. She says, I liked your ideas to fix the AM PM thirst Oasis quick draw Thank contest. You. That was your idea to, mm-hmm. uh, make the quick draw contest more skill based for that Tumgus ad. Mm-hmm. Um, she adds, you're both great commercial doctors. And I almost said that you played doctor together very well. <laughs> so, oh, dirty. Whoa. Things got Randy there. Um, but, uh, she goes on. Uh, I would like to add another way to show that they are racing to fill the cups. This is for the for the the AMPM ad. Okay. Uh, why don't they each walk up with a holster of cups on the hip, and then they each grab a cup, flip it right side up, and begin filling it. Yes. And then you have yes. the old music yes. in the background, old West music, and they double draw and cups spinning tricks can fit right in, like what you were describing. So yes. I think like that one, and even if it was very minimal changes to the quick draw like the the soda filling part mm-hmm. drawing it from a holster yes would immediately establish what the scene is so mia i totally agree i think you're a good ad doctor ad doctor absolutely too. i mean you're certainly i i would say you're at least a, a paramedic um <laughs> if not a full-on doctor uh, because that that does solve your problem with my solution Vives, which was if you added everything that I wanted to add, it was going to take up too much time. That was a 15-second commercial. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. All right. I like that. Okay. Uh, so thanks, Mia. And now moving on from listener Kevin. Uh, this is what I mentioned about the the Pacific Northwest beer ad. So we've talked at length about the Rainier beer classic uh, motorcycle ad. Rainier. <laughs> did you hear somebody yell that at me at the game as I passed him with a Rainier I yesterday? I did hear that. Yeah. Was that a listener? No, I think somebody just saw I was carrying a can of Rainier. And oh, it's, how funny. It's back in the... It's just in the zeitgeist In the now. zeitgeist, yeah. Um, so Kevin says... The Pacific Northwest beer companies were so on their ad game, and I guess this is kind of back in the day. Uh, Olympia had their Artesian Waters series, which played on the idea of Artesians being some kind of creature, like an alien. What's an Artesian? I, I would well, assume- Artesian well is a. It's like a kind of water. Like an Artesian well is water that I guess is just like groundwater. That's oh, it's a form of. It's a kind of well that wa- the water is very clean. I, okay. I, I mean, we've reached the limits of what I know okay, about Okay, and this it. is for, I should just say, this is for Olympia beer. It says yeah. Olympia had their, I was going to say artisan, but it's not artisan, it's artesian. Artesian. Um, so, yeah, so you basically have Rainier and Olympia as the two kind of like claim to be local companies, even though Rainier is Yeah, they're now like the local Pilsners, like, like the yeah. local cheapo Pilsners. Right. So why don't you give this a play? Because okay. this is kind of plays on this idea of... Um, 
artesian waters being like an alien species. You got an old man in a garden. I'm your gardener here at Olympia Brewery. You know that artesian brewing water that makes Olympia beer taste so good? Well, it uh, hasn't hurt my begonias either. <laughs> of course, uh, some folks don't believe in artesians, but I do. I've talked to them. I like them. I like everything about them, except their sense of humor. The sprinklers go on at the end and uh, and coat him. And then it says, the, 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 at the end, you see their tagline, it's the water, which it still says on the Olympia beer cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it changes to it's their water, this idea that. But what a complicated campaign. Like if I yeah. were to s- just see that without the explanation that Kevin yeah, said along with it, that Kevin. would make no sense at all. But I guess at the time, if you, you just kind of keep running those things over and over, you just you just get it. Yeah. Huh. I like it. So I like that. I love the um, the hokiness of it, the the sort of low pro value of it. So then this next one is another Pacific Northwest beer company um, that Kevin told us about. And I fell in love with these. This was uh, there was this is Kevin again. Uh, then there was Henry Weinhards, who made some of my all time favorite spots hmm. in the 80s. They launched themselves as a national instead of just a regional brand. It had a series of ads about the shock of that kind of rapid growth as a company oh interesting so they're basically telling their story a little bit. yeah they're telling their story so it's kind of good in that way or it's you know it's it's recognizable in that way but what it ultimately takes the form of is uh oregonians and pacific northwesterners in general taking the piss on california so that dynamic i guess is as old as the hill yeah i guess so now i've never so it's henry weinhard beer or henry weinhard's beer i I included two of the commercials here that we'll listen to in a minute there are more of them, and what I and I and the rest of them I think are just too too much to go into now. But what I find hilarious about it is that they're just larded up with references to little Pacific Northwest towns like oh, oh Walla Walla this and Tumwater that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> our Oregon brewery. We always think we have enough Henry Weinhardt's beer for California, but we'll drop off a few cases at Antelope and then take some over to Mitchell, or maybe even have to stop off at Friend, population thirty three. <laughs> So if California runs short of Henry's, it could just be the demand in Oregon. Or maybe it's just that being from Oregon, we're thinking on too small a scale. Boy, Los Angeles is a big place, isn't it? Now, I don't know if you can hear what he says at the end there, but these two truck drivers driving a Weinhardt's beer truck are driving through a city, and one of them leans out the window, and he kind of looks a little, little hayseed-looking guy, and he goes, Wow, Los Angeles sure is a big city. And the other driver says uh, from off camera, this is Modesto. <laughs> uh, in other words, a very uh, relatively small town yes. seemed huge to these uh, podunk or- guys. To these from, Oregonians. From o- so they're sort of making fun of their own podunkness. And here's another one that you had uh, yeah, queued this, up here. This is another Henry Weinhardt's um, called uh, Chuck Wagon. And it takes place in like a saloon. I'm sorry, at, at a, on a covered wagon drive, you know, in the Old West. Um, when the where the cookie's getting ready to make dinner for all the cowpokes. The cookie. Get it! Back when the West was young. Where'd you have to send to to get that south? Getting just about anything took a lot of time and trouble. Mexico. Even a good beer was a rarity. Anybody want a Henry's? Henry's. In fact, to get the West's finest beer. Henry Whitehart? Beer drinkers would sometimes wait for months. Just come in the town. Because it would often have to come from hundreds of miles away. Where'd they have to send you to get that beer? 
Oregon. But while it may seem unusual to have taken so much time and trouble just for a better beer. Now for supper. It really wasn't. There's a few things that's not on the regular menu. Even then. Westerners always tried to do everything in a very special way. In addition way. to the beef, we have a nice loin of buffalo <laughs> and a light cream sauce. Our fresh fish tonight is brook trout almondine. Where'd they have to send to to get that cook? Broiled over mesquite with a juniper berry dressing. Los Angeles. There's roast <laughs> antelope with a peach brandy glaze, braised jackrabbit on crude. That's really good. And boy, they really let that breathe, they? Don't really they? let it breathe. Wow, they, that's pretty They funny. really want to poke Los Angeles in the eye. That's hilarious. I Although love I think it. it's a gentle poke. Oh, I think so, certainly. Now, do we know the status of, uh, status of Henry Weinhardt's now? I don't know if, if it's, a, if it's a, an existing beer. Let's take a look. Uh, Henry Weinhardt's Private Reserve and Blitz Weinhardt are brands, not were, but are brands of beer first brewed in uh, 1856 in Portland, Oregon. It was owned by the brewer, Henry Weinhardt, um, who also made a line of soft drinks. I'm sure that at some point it's going to talk about being sold here, although I'm not seeing anything. So apparently they're they're still around. Have you ever seen Henry's in the? You know the the logo looks vaguely familiar hmm. to me. I don't think it's one that we've normally drinking uh, had uh, tried, but I'll uh, I'll buy a six pack of that. If sure, if I see it, if I see it, give it a shot. Anyway, cool. thank Thanks, you, Kevin. Kevin. That was great, and I love I love this uh, kind of family of Pacific Northwest uh, local beer advertising yeah yeah i mean i i have been thinking about it more because i you know when when i was in texas recently visiting i was drinking lone star right like Mm -hmm. that's the equivalent down there and i it felt good drinking lone star right but it's like when you go to pittsburgh you drink yingling except that i heard that their owner is like a right-wing lunatic oh right but well if anything though at least it still is their owner like what i was going to say was you know when i'm hearing uh in Seattle, when we moved back here, I got a kick out of being able to get my Rainier or my Oli's again, my Olympia again. But number one, I don't know if I'd be able to pass a taste test of any of those. If you just put it blindly in front of me, I might be able to say, yeah, these are different beers, but I wouldn't know which is which. They're all in that family of very kind of light. Yeah. What I like to drink in the summer anyway, kind of light, cheap, watery beers. Um, but also like Rainier beer, like that's not i mean i don't even think it has any real ties to the local community or the local economy i'm pretty sure it's owned by probably i and i should look this up before i just say it but i'm sure it's owned by like anheuser-busch and anheuser-busch is now owned by some sort of international conglomerate right out of i want to say not germany but let's look it up really quickly according to um wikipedia here it says the beer is no longer brewed in seattle nor is the company locally owned in the 1990s the company was sold to stroh's then to paps blue ribbon and then miller brews most of paps beers and the brewery was closed by paps in 1999 and sold so it's unclear it's to me wh- it's, it's just that that's kind of what i'm getting at is like I still get a kick out of buying the local beers, but it's nicer if they're actually local beers and not just yeah. like, you know, some sort of version of Miller that is just wrapped in a, in a can with yeah, a big it's, R on it's, it. Yeah, it's nothing but a brand, I think, at but this point. anyway, I'm still buying into it. Okay, what else we got? Well, to close out, we've got a voicemail from listener Nate, uh, who was reacting to the show we did about your radio commercials. Oh, right. So I had recorded like a, several, I listened to a lot of sports radio, uh, and so I just recorded like four or five hours of the sports radio station I listened to and played a bunch of the commercials that I either like or get under my skin. That was a few weeks back. Yeah, and I know you were frustrated even at the time that there were 
few ones that you feel like you always hear that somehow just didn't happen to turn up during that. Like those potion. Safeco commercials right. that are voiced by the like irritated old lady. And like that's that was one of my prime examples. And of course, they didn't roll that the week I was I was um, and now they're back and I hear them all the time again. Anyway, <laughs> well, so Nate the, has a few others that we missed okay. um, that he wanted to to flag for us. Hi, Andrew Genevieve. This is Nate from Tacoma. I love the show. Been a listener since episode one, but Andrew, how on earth could you do a show on Seattle Sports Talk radio commercials without once referencing Dr. Arakaki and Seattle Mail right. Medical Clinic and the divorce lawyer, divorce lawyers for men's commercials? I would love, 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 love to hear Genevieve's thoughts on those commercials. Thanks for making a great show. Adios. Cool. Thanks, Nate. You know what? Yeah, I didn't hear any of those um, in the particular hours that I was recording. Because uh, what I did was I just loaded it all into my into my computer and went through it all. And I would have probably at least mentioned um, uh, the mail, uh, the Seattle Mail Clinic. Although I can still never say his name. Let me see if I can get... Have you looked up any of these commercials? Since no, I, although I'm very familiar with the uh, Divorce Lawyers for Men. Yes, and I do and that, have some thoughts. That always makes me cringe. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know how much we need to tell people about it. It's it is what it is. It's a company called Divorce Lawyers for Men, and um, you know, in divorcelawyersformen dot com, and of course, they air it during you know male dominated yes. listening like and it's sports pretty radio explicitly uh, about how how bitchy your ex wife is and how she's um, screwing you out of a bunch of money and she's cheating you out of your you know, custody rights. And it just really feels like you're like, you stumbled onto the MRA, like, slu- like the Reddit slash that? MRA. I got to say, I always cringe when I'm, um, when I hear those just cause by the very nature of knowing that they're divorce lawyers for men, I assume that those are the feelings. Although I don't remember ever hearing them explicitly, like talking about the women. I think it's just kind of more implied. It's implied. It's implied and it's heavily implied. And they have bus ads too, that are like the vision, like, yeah, they don't spell it out, but it is clear it's clear who they're talking to and what message they want you to take away from it and that if and who what ideology their sympathy they're sympathizing sure, with. Sure, of course. I mean the fact that you have to divide it up like that. I'm gonna um see if I can find any audio on that one. It doesn't look like they're I can't find any of the commercials here, but I'm on uh, divorcelawyersformen.com right here. It says, uh, you have divorce questions. We have divorce answers. Some of the buttons on the bottom are frequently asked questions, divorce survival rules for men. Uh, and then uh, some buttons that say, my wife filed for divorce Ooh, first. Play, or Play divorce survival rules for men. Okay, let's it looks see. like that might be a video. Um, let's, there's also, by the way, there is a button here that says, what if we are not married, Vive? So watch yourself. <laughs> All right, so here this this is divorce rule number two. There's actually a um, a video here, an embedded video. Hi, I'm attorney Frank Morris. I've been trying and winning family law and divorce cases for over 35 years. During those 35 years, I've developed several rules that help my clients to win. Rule number one. Divorce rule number one. If you want it, keep it. This is my favorite rule. If you want the family home, do not voluntarily move out. If you want custody, stay with the kids. If you want a particular item, like my Harley, take it with you when you leave the family home. Or if she's leaving the family home, put your treasures in a safe location where she cannot grab them on the way out. 
It's a lot easier for your lawyer to argue for you to keep the items that are in your possession than it is for your lawyer to argue, take it away from her and give it to him. Early temporary possession has a habit of becoming permanent possession. I like the way he so includes the children in these objects that he's listing. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm actually not gonna. Yeah, I was gonna keep gonna, going, but really let's not do that. That's that's a bummer. Yeah, but yes, um, but, yeah, but, we um, have heard those commercials all over. And then then the other one that Nate mentioned is uh, uh, Charles Arakaki, Doctor. Arakaki, sorry, he earned that, um, uh, of Universal Men's Clinic. And again, I don't know if I can find any of the radio ads on the fly now, but it looks like there is a, um, a video here, a couple of minutes of video of Dr. Arakaki talking about the Universal Men's Clinic. And that's going to probably, hopefully, be what these commercials sound like because they are um, kind of, you know, commercials starring him. What prompted me to start testosterone was seeing my level. <laughs> you know, I was initially very surprised at the level, uh, my testosterone level, because I was uh, uh, below low. The level of my testosterone level was below low. Below low. Having the educated story. Uh, myself and, and looked at the, the research and what's out there regarding testosterone risk factors for losing testosterone, as a physician, there are multiple. Uh, uh, risk factors inherent to the, to the profession. You know, the loss of sleep, uh, the increase in, in stress, cortisol effect, um, that uh, uh, interrupted sleep patterns that we have. When One thing that I'm going to say about these commercials, and again, this is just a web video we're watching here, not a, a, a real commercial, but I don't know if Arakaki is the one who does this the most, but there's a bunch of these kind of male clinic commercials that you hear on sports radio or like supplements. Mm -hmm. And some of them don't even say low T, but they're just kind of like, men, do you feel like you don't have the energy you used to? Yeah, and it's always with a very like, big oh wink right and i was like listening to one the other day and it's kind of like it'll help you feel like you're younger again and this again and this again and then your wife will be excited yes and then at the and then this one actually it was almost like a literal wink the the guy said oh and your wife will like it too and you're like yeah no just we all get it we get it we all know what we're talking about here we live in a phallocracy as a woman who I'm close to might have once <laughs> said. Anyway, well, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that note, Nate. Uh, yeah, there are still a bunch that, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'll be allowed to do another all radio after these messages. But there are a bunch that I keep hearing. I'm just like, oh, why didn't I have this on tape? All right. What do you say we get out of here? We have like barbecue. I know. It's 4th of to. July. It's 7 o'clock on the 4th of July. Go watch somebody blow their hand off. <laughs> That's right. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Genevieve, you are a worthy opponent today, but also a very, very respectful one. I appreciate that. Thank you for airing things out with me on this 4th of July. Yes, thank you for joining me in a spirited debate on whether or not the American dream is dead or alive. Want to move to Canada? Yeah, (laughs) almost almost all the time. My bags are packed. Then I'll take that as a victory for me. Um, You can find us on Facebook. It's a fun little group. Uh, Look for After These Messages show on Facebook, and uh, you can become a member of that. Yeah, can I I actually put in a plug? 
Um, we added two questions to the um, uh, when you when you request to become a member. Mm-hmm. They're just a couple. They're real easy questions. If you listen to the show at all and are not a robot, you can answer them. But please do answer them because we've been getting some requests to join that were it was hard to tell if they were spam accounts or not. Right. So I'm just and trying that's kind to, of the whole point of that thing. Yeah. yeah. And so just please do answer them if you if you um, if you you know request to be a member because we just want to make sure you're not a bot or a, a whatever yeah. fishing person it's just like it's our own little consider it like our own little citizens test that's right citizenship it's test. a little citizenship test that's right um, you can also email us after these messages show at gmail.com that's after these messages show at gmail and the voicemail number 607 you know who used the voicemail number Nate Nate did it big ups to him for doing that 607 444 5597 that's 607 say it with me 444 I think we really got the point across nobody will ever forget it now happy 4th of July everybody we'll talk to you next Tuesday yuppies yeah I'm talking about wine drinkers bald head man clucks clan swine thinkers what motivates you let's go around the room